about damn time. At last, my love has come along. My lonely days are over. Welcome to episode 12 of Tales from the East End, proudly sponsored by Peachtree East, and this is the Derby edition. The Battle of Dublin, North vs South, and Man vs Beast. So we have the Dundalk game to talk about, the Big Balls game, question from the East End with two former Galway boys, Ryan Connolly and Kevin Horgan. Now, there were no Galway girl questions, thankfully, or anything about Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that's it. We're, uh, now I'm Gary Parsons, and this is the Prof. Carl Riley. So we have, uh, we're going to talk about Dundalk, we beat them 2-1, we had goals from Ronan Finn and Dave McAllister, Dundalk scored late on through Nicholas Vimmelund, and we're going to hear what some of the fans had to say after the game, so first up we will have Dan Fulham, and then we're going to have Anthony McDonald. Okay, I'm here with Anthony McDonald, and uh, I don't know where to start with that, but we just beat Dundalk 2-1, sum it up. Just best win of the season so far, really surprised that we could actually overcome them. And it was a nice kind of welcome for Stephen McKenney to come back here. And really not function, the team couldn't function. We won. We played way better than they did. They, we let them play their football, but we were able to stop them playing way above what we were expecting tonight, I guess. Considering the performances have been pretty mixed so far, the fans were finding rewards tonight with a good performance. Oh, it's, the rewards unbelievable. I mean... We lost to Cork 2-1, but tonight we just played immensely well, and like I say, the result shows for it tonight. It's the first win over a top team in so long. I think Cork 3-0 in August 2015 was probably the, b- the last big win. You can see at the end the fans clapping the players off, and much to mend everyone. Oh, just the excitement is just unbelievable tonight. I noticed the one thing was people didn't leave the game tonight. The, you know, the home stand was to fall all the way through towards the end, and like I say, it was nice to see that people actually stayed in their seats and didn't walk away for a change. So you finished by Ronald Finn. Um, it's improved a lot. I think it's yeah. improved quite. It's amazing actually. It's nice, but it's great for him because, like I say, he's come back here from playing at Dundalk. He's really got nothing to prove to us, but he had proved a point tonight to Dundalk that you know. It was good to have him back. Yeah, some great performances tonight. Like Gary Shaw was unbelievable. Ronald Finn, McAllister. Who will be your man of the match? It'd be difficult to say. Um, really, is impossible because they, they all really played so well tonight that um, it would be almost impossible for me to give an answer to that question. Just off the back of a 2-1 win, super, super win from Hoopshire uh, McGrovers. Dan Fulham, tell us your thoughts. Absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Just they, they, they couldn't do anything for 90 minutes, we kept going. Scored a two goals, didn't set back, just unlike Limerick, we just kept going. Absolutely brilliant. One of they, the best performances in Tallow, I think. Uh, definitely, like, in fairness, most of the games in Tallow, the first 20 minutes we'd be brilliant, but we, we fell off, but tonight we kept it up for the full 90. Kenny's sick, Bundog are sick, and fucking delight. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
two contrasting interviews there, I would say. One man was speechless, and the other, not so much. Yeah, I think there was a few beers involved there. Dan was hopping around the East End like a madman as well, wasn't he? I should have addressed Anthony as Waffles, or Mr. Waffles, or something. <laughs> That's how he's known on Twitter. Yeah, so we finally beat a top team. It's been a while. It's uh, what You've had some stats there in the last last year or two about our, our inability to beat top four teams and it's it's they've been shocking haven't they do you remember my stat yeah from earlier in the season last year we didn't beat a top three team for the first time in almost 20 years 20 years like that's that's just not good enough so it's about time we we came up with a performance like this it's one of the best ever tala performances i'd say i mean we were we were waiting as we were waiting to play inflatable football darts at half time we were all quite nervy about which team would turn up in the second half um we came out guns blazing and getting stuck in outplayed these uh these dundalk lads yeah we finally clicked uh just the energy about the team we played at a great tempo right through the 90 minutes which was the key this time everything came off yeah everything like it's it was just one of those performances and it was a uh, I, I actually pity, I pity anybody who wasn't there because it was a really, really good performance, really enjoyable. It was definitely our most complete performance under Bradley and, as you say, probably one of the most complete performances in Tala. He's stuck with a bit of conundrum now, though, isn't he? I mean, what, what? how does he better that? How does he top that? He Maybe he do, does he try to top it? You know, he's probably sitting there thinking, OK, really, really we can't top that. Maybe he, he, he probably knows that, you know. It's, it's all about maintaining a certain level of com- commitment from the players now. Well, he may have found his strongest team there aside from Mele because you know a lot of people would like to see him accommodated somehow but yeah certain fans I know don't rate Mele at all believe it or not but at least 10 of those players in those exact positions are our strongest team yeah I think so I think yeah that's 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 probably uh, fair to say but uh, yeah the Evening Herald described it as a pulsating, powerful, and impressive performance yeah, from Roberts. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a nice it's a nice bit of reading, isn't it? Considering the amount of uh, bad headlines we've been reading about ourselves lately. Yeah, we gave them a taste of their own medicine in a lot of ways. We we were in their face from the get go. Players were so up for it. The doc almost looked stunned at times. Yeah, they they didn't know what hit them, and I I don't agree with. Um, some media outlets saying that we bullied them. I'd say we bullied them to a certain extent, but we did, we certainly did play well. We didn't play long ball football. We did. We played some good, really good football. So, now the ball in for Finn for the first goal was excellent. Sarah from throwing, which uh, Mr. Kenny wasn't happy about. But no, he's never happy though, is he? Two one actually flattered them. Yeah, hundred um, percent agree with you with that. I it thought. doesn't tell the story at all. And Gary, you got your prediction right. Yeah. So for the first time one. ever. <laughs> so that's one nil to you. Uh, it's a pity I didn't go down to Paddy Power and stick it on because I, I don't think I, do you know what? I think I won one bet in my whole life <laughs> brutal but um, a lot of positivity on Facebook especially on the Rovers chat and the forum it's uh, it's 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 hard to believe because when usually I mean every, most weeks it's been terrible Rovers chat was almost unrecognisable yeah this it, week it was really good to read you know and you know what the one time I didn't have access to it. I, I wanted to get a hold of it. You know, I really wanted to get it. So I was in work later on that night and I couldn't read it, so I had to read the next day. But it was really positive. And this was one of the few times I think a lot of us were looking forward to Soccer Republic. Yeah. Like, uh, just not Peter Collins. No. Uh, special mention to Mr. Ronan Finn. Um, every blade of grass on that pitch, he really is fit as a fiddle. I mean, it's great to see him shut up all the doubters, and especially against his former team. A lot of people criticised him for making the move. But he, uh, he just had that extra bit of fire in his belly, you know. It was, it was a really, really complete performance from Ronan Finn. It was, it was really good to see him. It's got hopefully it'll, it'll spur him on now because he, he might have been doubting himself, thinking, 
well, did I make the right move? Am I past it? And he certainly isn't. It was a fantastic performance by Ronan. Yeah, Finn was just immense. Uh, Captain Fantastic, welcome yeah. back. Uh, I actually interviewed him before the game and he was he was talking about the fans and how we must be frustrated to see the team play well just for parts of the game and then we stop playing. It's good to see that they're, they're known that though. It's, it's good to see that they they recognise that, that they're yeah. not actually doing it on the pitch. And then someone left a comment in replying to that interview and it said, Ronan needs to have the game of his life. Oh, and yeah. he, he certainly, certainly did. Certainly did yeah. certainly he he did. set the tone from the first minute of the game. He was a leader. And uh, it's not only his best performance since he came back to Rovers, but I could hardly even think of a better one from his first spell. Yeah, in a Rover short, yeah. It really was. It was a complete performance. The question is, can he do it every week now, not just against his old club? Massive, massive step up now. It's a derby, isn't it? It's a, it's a different type of game now on Friday. There's going to be a lot of kicking going on. It's going to be a physical affair, and I think he's able for it. I think he'll do the business. We'll talk about Gary Shaw now. Uh, outstanding performance from Gary Shaw. The complete striker's performance, just missing a goal. Yeah, he tore him to shreds. He was unplayable. He, he was brilliant. How hard must it be to mark Gary Shaw when he's on that kind of form? He is lightning quick for a big guy. He has a good touch. He has a lot about him. I'm not knocking him, but if he was a bit more clinical in front of the goal, let's just call it how it is, he he, he could be a little bit better in front of the goal. He would be, uh, we'd have that marksman we're crying out for. He's pace, he's good touch, he's good in the air, and how about that overhead? No, that was some effort. Uh, I tweeted him afterwards, I said, more overhead kick attempts, please. And he <laughs> said, no problem, they seem to be a crowd pleaser. Yeah, imagine how it went in. Oh, I would have lost my shit. And some people were wondering, when was the last time we actually scored an overhead kick? Oh, do you know what I was just about to say? And have you got one for us? And I looked into it, and I was expecting to go back decades, but it was actually Shane Robinson at Richmond Park only four years ago in the FBI Cup. God, I don't remember that. In the FAI Cup? I do remember. Was it a scissors or, an, or was it an overhead? There's a difference, isn't there? It was an overhead. It may have been... It wasn't a spectacular one, I don't think. I think it kind no. of dribbled in, did it? It was a bit scissory. It was a bit scissory. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember, Twig nearly scored one at Oriel Park in 2009, but Peter Cherry made a great save. Oh, Peter Cherry, yeah. And um, this isn't a complete list, obviously. I'm just, I just had a quick look. Uh, Mick Burns scored one. In the last game against Dundalk at Milltown, December 1986. Ah, that's a nice stat now. Kudos for that one, Riley. Yeah, a lot of people talking about O'Donnell's scummy tackle on Shaw just before he was substituted. Yeah, he was very, uh, he was, he was, it was like he was trying to get sent off. He, it's like he had enough of the game. He's like, Do you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with this. He was getting milling people out and getting stuck in. I think, um, it was a, he was, he was, he, was, he got the hook by Kenny, didn't he? He was, he was pulled off. Well, Jam Matt on the forum pointed out that O'Donnell has previous when it comes to this. Last October, he battered Trevor Clark just before he came off, knowing he could take the yellow. Really? Mm-hmm. So he's a, a tactical scumbag. Must be. He, he went off with blurred vision, apparently. Ah, yeah. The usual. So he probably, he probably went with the whole um, concussion thing. Horse should have been sent off, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Agree with you there. Um... He's average anyway. He he was he was shown up to be what type player he really is. Poor player. Graham Bork or Sean Bork, according to Peter Collins. You know what? He's an absolute idiot, isn't he? He just can't get anything right. Seriously, I mean, he obviously doesn't watch the league if he's calling the guy Sean Bork. I mean, come on. He tried to sort of cover it up later on. He said, oh yeah, that Shaw-Burke combination's working. 
and then um, whoever was analyzing it was getting it wrong as well they were calling they thought Bork was Shaw so did you notice that well they, they were talking about Bork's good play where everything was everything that they were highlighting was Shaw Shaw was doing all the work there was a Bork header but yeah the first couple of clips was about Shaw yeah, so it was they were saying Bork good play was strange, all Shaw but, but uh, someone pointed out that when the number 28 went over the board Bork asked the Dunlop player to check if it was him <laughs> Clark was uh, Trevor Clark was his feisty self booked again and uh, Vemelone was shredded by him links to Southampton in the news it's it's inevitable that we're going to lose him really isn't it and Sheffield United Sheffield United yeah so that, it could be uh, end of Stevens left full Trevor Clark mm. left wing good little combo there he started his career at Millsborough Trevor did really yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was away mm-hmm. oh, there we go Millsborough how long did he last uh, I don't remember a, year, a couple of years at least yeah, just, I didn't know that. Probably just finished up his YTS and then came home, like many young Irish lads over the, across the water. Yeah. We were trying to book that trend with our youth academy. Yeah, Trevor ran about 60 yards with the ball at one stage. Yeah, that's his that's his trademark, isn't it? He just be, He's able to dart ahead and, and beat two or three men and then he's, he's uh, we have an attack on our hands. It was the first time we finally got to see Luki at left back and Trevor in the wing. Apparently they did play there once together. In against that law in the League Cup last year, but obviously it was the first time this season, and uh, it definitely brought balance to the team. I wasn't actually too uh, impressed with Luke yet left full in general when he first signed for the club. I thought he was a better centre half. Like I always, I always do think he's a better centre half here. But he's 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 looking really solid at left full. He's he's getting forward well, not as forward as Clark does at left full, but he's getting forward well. He's he's a better defender I think than Clark. I think it's a really good combo him and Clark on the left. I wonder will teams continue to target that side since we look a lot Definitely better now. Definitely not. Don't think so now. I mean, they're going to want to stay away from Clark, especially. They're not going to want to lose the ball and give it away to him. Bourne's a, a, a good defender. I think those days are over. Uh, McAllister's now. We're not. We're not picking out every player, but we're just every player does deserve a mention. I mean, one to eleven was fantastic, but. We definitely have to highlight Dave McAllister. Yeah, yeah Dave McAllister. He, I think he's our hard man. Every tackle was full blooded. I mean, any brawl on the pitch, he's right there in the thick of it. He lovely, was. lovely cushioned header for the goal too. For the goal too, yeah, really nice header. I think he was one of the first in, wasn't he? When Barrett tried to always pick up Finn, he's and and there's a great photo of him. He's snarling, as t- he's looking like a look like a dog ready to attack. He, and uh, there's a couple of photos of, of him going around like that. He, lo- he likes a brawl. He really gives us a great bit of bite in yeah. the middle of the park. He had McElhenney in his pocket all night. Definitely, it was, the, and it's something we didn't notice during the game. It was uh, the analysis on Soccer Republic that yeah. highlighted that, and he did really well. McElhenney got nothing. Had him in his pocket, and this midfield is getting harder to pick every week, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it really is. It's, uh, and you have Connolly coming back in a couple of weeks, so I mean, it's like I said, it's giving more more headaches for Bradzer. And uh, now he scored a cracker as well, just before his goal. See the one from long range. Yeah, yeah, super technique for that. He said afterwards that after his goal, he had promised his girlfriend he would do the Romario baby uh, celebration. Oh, he's got a baby on the way. Yeah, very good. No, he's just had a baby already. Oh, we had a baby. And uh, but he said he forgot again. So, hopefully, third time's a charm. He remember next time. Oh, on a on a separate note, just go back to Gary Shaw. It's Gary Shaw's birthday, I think, today or yesterday. We noticed that on Facebook. So, hopefully, a birthday goal for Gary Shaw and happy birthday to the big man up front. Um. We were back on McAllister. Yeah, he's um he's just a hard man in the middle, you know, and he's he's quite comfortable on the ball as well. So he's not your average player that plays in front of the back four. And I I think uh, I think he's gonna be um I wonder why he was dropped. That's what I want to know. Maybe he was injured. Maybe the little niggle on him, but 
hopefully, I hope he stays in the team. And I think we may have found a home for Roberto Lopez at centre half. A lot of fans were calling out from the play there. I don't think he feels pain. This guy, he's like Deadpool. <laughs> he just does not feel pain. He doesn't care. He throws himself in at every opportunity. There is no fear in the guy at all, and he seems to play well with Webster as well. Yeah, Lopez was brilliant. And in fairness, Webster was every bit as good as Lopez yeah. in that game. I think that pairing did Webster wonders. Yeah, he's coming for a bit of stick in the recent weeks. And um, I think his confidence might have been a little bit down. But he, he's, he he's he's really comfortable on the ball. And um, he, like he's a really good passer. He's, he's good in the air. I think he just needs that bit of confidence. Maybe someone someone a little bit better beside him. So I, I'm, I'd keep Webster in the team. Once he has Lopez beside him. And, and they, they keep that partnership going, you know. Yeah, I think we struggled for a while there with Webster and Devine. I mean, Devine hadn't played in three years and he was new to the league, so there was a bit of adjustment there, but I think this is our strongest centre-back pairing. I think so, yeah. And, like, Devine, Devine showed glimpses of of brilliance, but I don't. it's going to be a struggle to get back in this team. And now we will talk about our pressing game, which I was very, very happy with. It's uh, We pressed high for the full 90 minutes. I mean... We pressed in the right way. We weren't just chasing opposition players like kids in the playground. It was tactical pressing. It was great to watch. And uh, Dundalk really struggled with it. Yeah, we, we kept our high line this time, unlike the Limerick game, when we dropped deep. So the players listened to Bradzer this time. Yeah, and I noticed them as well. No, Bradzer was screaming at them. He was telling them mm. what to do, how to do it, and they listened. So it was a, a massive collapse against Limerick. Uh, players, I don't know why players don't listen sometimes, but they really did uh, it clicked it, it all clicked it was really really good and like I said Sean Hoare average Vemelon was awful I think they moved Vemelon to centre half he was playing right full and they moved him to centre half he was yeah. getting a, a new arsehole torn by Trevor Clark yeah the moment Vemelon tried to play a pass he held to the left side and I went down for a throw in it was like yep yeah, this, this is yeah. our night we've no one on the bench just stick him centre half uh, what else we got we have the subs they were bang on the money um, purely because Bork and Shaw were shattered from running their absolute legs off. They were they were brilliant. And uh, the subs were made. We stuck to the game plan. So credit to Bradzer for that. I mean, he didn't switch it up tactically. He just made like-for-like subs, which he was criticised for doing in the past, but it was the right subs because they were both knackered. Yeah, the key was they didn't disrupt their shape. Yeah, Brando straight swap for Bork, Boyd straight swap for Shaw, and it was the right subs to make because we were doing well closing them down and pressing them high up there that's where we were getting a bit of joy because they were lumping the ball long then and then we were just mopping it up and doing really well winning second balls and uh, it was the right thing to do from Bradzer so credit to him for that it was we funny got, at half time because we were wandering around uh, you know we had to get balls tickets and, and stuff like that play football darts yeah of course and uh, it was funny running into people Hell, we're all kind of you could see it in their faces we're all still worried terrified in the second half <laughs> we were like this could still fall apart in yeah. the second half even though we're winning 2-0 and we were brilliant everybody's instant reaction you'd meet someone or the likes of like Patrick and Martin or, or James Cook you'd walk by and you'd say hello to him and we're just kind of like yeah so uh, second half <laughs> we're not sure what we want we're to do like, here we're like yeah well we'll see what subs he makes then that was what happened yeah. Paul O'Connell was very very confident in the second half so uh that yeah. rub off on everybody else hopefully yeah Dundalk left Gartland and Shields on the bench which was kind of surprising Shields came Very on surprised. then for O'Donnell injured and maybe uh, lack of match fitness I'm not too sure maybe, yeah. was Shields, Shields was rubbish it was almost symbolic wasn't it at the end Kilduff thrown on for the last 20 minutes doing his usual ball boy gig yeah 
Yeah, um, I I never really uh, like I said before, Kilduff never really did it for me at Rovers, and I, I was kind of glad seeing him come on. You know, the mean and red I thought was silly stuff. He he seemed to have the run of the pitch afterwards, didn't he? When he turned him, yeah, it was it was a definite dive. He was down on the ground before he was even past the dock player. Apparently, he's got an accumulated yellow. Probably the easiest ban coming his way anyway, so he's banned anyway. Yeah. Probably the easiest decision refs had in terms of a dive and Tala. Yeah, it was, stu- it was, it was just stupid, so obvious. It? Yeah, it was blatant. And like I said, he was away. We could have we could have broken. He just decided to dive. So hopefully he'll get that out of his game. It's not something that um, we like seeing creeping into games, is it? Now we're going to move on to Mr. Tomer Henchinski. Absolute lunatic of a keeper. But he did look out of position for the goal and we conceded another set piece. Is yeah, he was- officially dodgy? That was a resulting free kick from the meaning dive just yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah, he's officially given me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Do you know what? Even even his kicking seems quite good. He can kick above feet, but he seems to slip a lot. And is he? Can we call him dodgy? Is he officially dodgy? He had a good game though. He, yeah, he did. All around, he had a good game. I do. But I do feel comfortable with him as a shot stopper, and ju- just like he said, giving us the heebie-jeebies at the moment. But we're still very confident in him. Let, don't, if you're listening to him or don't let that knock you he spread the length of the pitch to get involved in the bust up as well so yeah. he's he, he's officially mental now you, you need a bit of madness with your goalkeeper don't you but he was writing the ticket things there the fans nearly got involved as well they were they were clambering over the the wall our fans um, the attendance was just over 3600 which was really good and the fans were brilliant as usual yeah, the twelfth man were, were really out in force, showing uh, up this season. And credit to everybody, really is because I mean, previous seasons like this, like a crawly season, fans, fans kind of it was quiet, you know. Well, the numbers this season have been great, but just in terms of the atmosphere of that game, getting behind the players, that was that was up to a new level. Yeah, now credit where it's due, ultras and all the the younger crowd as well getting really involved. And to the Scandinavian-looking gentleman who had the place rocking. That was really cool. So they had everybody kind of hopping up and down. No, no, that's just a guess. Scandinavian. I, I heard them speaking in the in the uh, the queue for the chipper, so couldn't make out the language. But they were uh, they had the place rocking. So fair play to them. No idea where they're from. Yeah, really good crowd and atmosphere despite the Baltic conditions. As I wasn't had it nowadays. Hopefully that new stand will uh, put an end to that. We've been talking about the kids. In that East End section, a lot of them are so young they wouldn't even have seen a big Rovers win. So it was, it was really huge for them. Yeah, it was. Um, ho- hopefully, it, it has them hooked because that's what we need. These, are, these are the future. These guys. Yeah, it was just a great day all around, wasn't it? We even had ice cream. Yeah. Uh, literally, the only thing that went wrong, I think, was that I couldn't hit the bullseye in the foot there and get a ticket for Tato Park. Yeah, just about, about half seven or so before the match. Uh, Graham Garton was queuing up. He was the only adult in the queue. It was all the kids. And uh, someone was giving him stick over queuing. So he stepped up. Missed. Second shot. Hit the bullseye. Bang. Right in the bullseye. And then he just runs off and you hear his voice treading. Where is me voucher? <laughs> oh, God. Um, we'll talk about Dundalk now. So how poor were they, girl? They were definitely a shadow of themselves. Lacked creativity, didn't they? They lost yeah. a lot of long balls, which is something we don't really see them do. And why was Gartland Shields on the bench where they lack of match fitness? Or Clifford, the the wanderer, the the national conference bum, did nothing. 
Well, we mentioned how McElhaney was taking out of the game, so that was yeah. their creativity stifled. Yeah, definitely. Massey was very good, though. Yeah, Massey's excellent. Yeah, he's a good player. And they lost it in Tala. They lost it in Tala. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag Cheerio. Hashtag Dublin's Green and White. Hashtag Stronger <laughs> Together. <laughs> um, yeah, now some of the reaction was funny from uh, the dark side of things. Stephen Kenny was angry, which is always a bonus. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what, when he starts losing things don't go his way, he's like a child, like a spoiled brat, isn't he? Uh, live at Ariel on Twitter. He's, he's always a great laugh. He lashed out the Dublin Mafia. The Dublin Mafia, he used yeah. that term. Yeah. And who was he referring to? Uh, people were making fun of him because he's always had, having a go at the uh, Dublin journalists. Oh, right, right. The but Dublin you, Mafia. He practically stalks them on Twitter. Like, he'll just at all of them and he'll just, like, say random stuff to them. Like, oh, I'm on my way to the game, you Dublin media. He's just a pest. And uh, apparently on Dundalk FM, which uh, thankfully I couldn't hear, I was at the game, but they said at the end, you think the ref would blow it up early and put us out of our misery? Seriously? Yeah. Wow, that's desperate stuff, isn't it? Uh, what else we got? We have Tony Cousins. It was in the Glemelore, or sorry, the 1899 suite beforehand. Cousins dozens. Cousins scores with a dozens. Uh, Carl's article on the podcast in the program so if you didn't read it check it out you can find out all you need to know about Tales from the East End so we will exercise some caution and it doesn't mean everything is rosy now but uh, we don't want to get carried away but we need to maintain that level of performance and beat this show on Friday that's, that's, that's the main thing yeah it would be very Rovers-esque now to just be poor in Danny Mount yeah, now we have to maintain that level of intensity and just keep pushing forward and play as well as possible because it's it'll be very disheartening the players as well if it doesn't click for them. You know, I mean nobody they're not it's it's not as if they want things to fail. That's a point that um, Ryan Connolly made to me at, when I was doing questions from the East End when we said we want the same things. Is what he said. He says we all want success. We all want the same things. We're all working towards that, and it made sense. You know. Yeah, just it would be no point. Winning that Dundalk game and following it up with, you know, an average performance at Daily Mount, where we've not really played well in the last four or five years, bar about two games. The mm. four nil obviously is a standout. The so there was a league cup as well. It was it was really good. But other than that, they're just very scrappy games, and we never seem to get our game going. So yeah, hopefully that's not the case. It's just derbies tend to go that way, don't they? But in terms of amb- ambition, uh, both Stephen Bradley and Ron Finn. In the media this week have said that we're we're aiming for Bray in second place. I wonder if we're maybe getting too ahead of ourselves there. Oh, I mean, at the start of the season, he said he was going to try and challenge Dundalk and Cork. So that's um, it's kind of, well, the, certainly the Cork challenge is falling flat in his face at the moment. So, but you have like it's like we said last week. We ha- you have to say these things. You have to be ambitious. You have to, you know, like you said, when he's not going to come out and say we yeah, are chasing fifth. So you have to say these things. Yeah, well, let's just cement four plays first of all and see mm. what we can do from there. But let's get Europe, Europe, let's, and let's let's build on that. Let's let's go with that. Now we're going to move on to the youth section. We have a good bit of news this week. So we have Gavin Bazunu. He made a little piece of club and personal history last weekend when he made his debut for the under 19s in their four 0 win against Galway Tallaght Stadium. In doing so, Gavin became the youngest player at 15 years old. 15 years of age, Jesus, and. Uh, he played for our under-19s team and our normal under-19s keeper Luca Grazza is recovering from an injury sustained last week so um, geez, fair play to Gavin Bazunu 15 years old in the 19s 
Yeah, it's incredible. And I kept a clean sheet. Uh, we had Dune scoring a goal and two assists being marked by Kevin Horgan's brother. And that's three goals for Dobbs in his last three matches. Three goals for Dobbs, knocking on the door of the first team. We have the next fixture as a way to Limerick on Sunday at 2pm. And at the same time, the 17s are in Bray. And at this very moment in time, Aaron Bulger is starting in the middle against Germany under-17s and he played in Ireland's defeat to Serbia and their 2-1 win over Bosnia so from reports he played very well yeah switch on Eurosport yeah throw it on there um, we have more from Shane Robinson's uh, we're, we're trying to link up with Shane Robinson every week so we can get a report off him about the youth and what's uh, what's hot and what's not and the roads down so um, couple of points here we have uh, the under 17s are made up of 10 players who played for the club in the DDSL in previous seasons so Connor Bean who plays in the under 17s National League has been with the club since he's 9 so these players they have an association with the club they know what it means to play for us they um, they've been with the club so it's uh, it's they've an, they've an association so that's it's that's the way to bring them forward I think uh, we, a reminder for the fans to get out and support the under 12s in the SFAI Cup this Sunday so that's in Jackson Park half 12 kickoff. they're playing against Kevin so it's a, this team's been together for a while so I'm hearing that the Ultras are going now little sneaky rumour and I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Killian M2 he's always posting these old Irish videos on YouTube and uh, he posted a great one there during the week uh, Robbie Keane and Mick McCarthy visiting Tala in the year 2000 and there was a young Graham Garland and Stephen Bradley at uh, the Jobstown School this was just after Bradley had signed for Arsenal and Garden had signed for Barnsley. So they were the hometown heroes coming back to yeah. have a look at Talent and see what's going on. This was for um, Aircom Park mm. they were promoting, which uh, obviously didn't happen. But What else have we got? We have, now this one I'm fascinated with at the moment, the Athlone debacle. It's it's very interesting. I mean, especially the Athlone Town's uh, Athlone Town fans' Facebook page, they have smelled a rat for a while now. They've been saying this for a while. They've been saying something's wrong. Something's wrong here. It's it's very interesting. And I people mean, weren't listening to them. If you if you go back and you think about it, right, my take on it is that these guys scour Europe and they look around. Now this is just my take. This isn't. This is a fact. They scour around Europe and look for these small clubs that might be struggling financially. They go in, they invest, and then they bring in their people. They bring in a coach, they bring in a manager, they bring in a couple of players. They manipulate their results. The big money was going on that 87th and 90th minute goal and uh, apparently over 400,000 bets went on it so they made their money and then they probably just cut their toys, cut their losses and go. It seems like that's what they'll do. So they'll go in, bring their people in, manipulate results, get the results they want, get out of there and make their money. It's That's that's pretty much the guts of it, isn't it? It made no sense in the beginning. Why are these players from abroad coming in to play for €100 Euro a week? That young French guy, Rodriguez... He's he's a former French youth international and he looks he looks really really good. We should probably have a look at him. He scored a free kick, played really well, and they beat Cove. I think his name is Rodriguez. Igor eh? uh, Butts, everyone's favorite prank call, the Mall's Tavern. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, apparently this is eighteen times now he's been investigated for dodgy betting patterns. It's very very unlucky man. I mean, after three or four, you'd start thinking, okay, this guy is a bit dodge. What now? Eighteen times. I mean, what what more do they need? To, to stop him from playing I mean what more do you need 18 times as we say this has been suspicious from the beginning uh, Fran Gavin was talking about the honours earlier in the season he said you wonder what is their motivation yeah, right. maybe you should go and ask them Fran maybe yeah. you should investigate something earn your wage way to go Fran 
FAI, man, don't let's not get started on them. They'll run into two hours on the show. No, but it's really sad what's happened there. I mean, it's long there, great club, great history. Uh, remember we were at the FAI Cup game last year and the, the two lads were protesting. Yeah. They climbed along the, the wall. <laughs> they inched their way across on the yeah. wall. And did you see their statement they, they put out? No, I didn't see it. Effectively said, if we go down, we're taking the FEI down with us. Oh yeah, they might have a bit yeah, of dirt on them. Not so many them. words, that's what it said. Yeah, hopefully they have a bit of dirt on them. Kenny Shields is back to his best, just in time for our trip next week. He is, uh, he's gone on about the pitches now, giving out, having a whinge about that. Um, something we didn't mention last month. He said that uh, we're the best team he's faced this season. So a pinch of salt there, I reckon, considering his background in psychology and his mind games we that he were, likes to play. We were talking about the time, yeah, we were thinking, is that mind games? I definitely think it is. Because he spoke about it before, he said that's how he approaches teams when they're coming. He he tries to play my game, so I wouldn't I wouldn't play into that at all. And before Derry's game against Galway on Monday night, the one that finished 0-0, he, Kenny Shields said that Galway bung the middle of the park. So there's more match fixing allegations for the FBI to look into. Yeah, there you go. I think I think Kenny rang Shane Keegan earlier on that day and said, "Listen, can you water that pitch?" I'm nearly sure he did that. I'm, I think I heard that on off the ball during the week, and uh, I think Shane Keegan said, "Listen, the groundsman had been watering that all week, and the, but he obviously he still wasn't happy with the condition of the pitch, and it uh, it ended in a stalemate, didn't it?" That Doherty decision was unreal. Yeah, that this guy is a. Uh, I don't think he was any good at technical graphics now, Doherty. I don't get to, there's one photo you put up a couple of years ago of his angles. He got his angles all wrong. It was hilarious. But um, Only a yellow card for that. Who, which ref gave that? Oh, I forget his name, but we saw how bad a game Rodgers had in our match. And we, we say pretty much every year the, st- the standard refereeing in the League of Ireland is just so poor. And we do have a couple of decent refs, but um, like I said, Rob Harvey, he's good and Maybe Ben Connolly or uh, Chu can be okay sometimes, but and Bonimer's in the league of his own, of course. No, the deranged one, Anthony. Anthony, the deranged one, Bonimer. And uh, past her bottom of the table after that yeah, result, rock bottom. And uh, I'm pretty sure one Dublin team is gone now. Hopefully, it's them, because this whole obsession with us being relegated, hopefully, it bites them. I feel like if Pat survive, it's going to be at the expense of Bowes. God, have one of the Dublin teams going down. A Dublin derby in the fourth division. What have the two of them go? Uh, Padraig Gammon was relegated with Hartlepool. You know, their 96-year stay in the Football League came to an end. Poor Jeff Stenning. Poor Jeff, yeah. he was. Uh, they, they had a bit of brief joy, didn't they? And then they were taken down in the end. There's plenty of managers over there that'll take Padraig on. I don't think we'll be seeing him in the hoops anytime soon. He's a good goal-scoring record in England. He could easily play League 2, League 1 even. Uh, what else we got? We have Enda Stevens and Noel Hunt's Portsmouth won the League 2 title and uh, have never been top all season until the last day. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's a really cool one. That was a great start, I thought, yeah. Uh, I loved Enda Rovers. I thought the way he slalomed around players was great. He was a different type of fullback, not your dribbling type of fullback. He just slalomed around like a skier. Yeah, uh, marked Antonio Valencia on his Villa debut, didn't he? Oh, that was against Man United, yeah. Yeah, he, was, uh, he didn't play too well. Uh, Ender was voted Parsons Player of the Year, but actually he's just joined Sheffield United. So that's the latest news. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. He's been uh, he's been chipping away there. I think that was the second one in a row, wasn't it? Two years in a row he was Player of the Year. I think he was. Yeah, I think I read that. And that's a left full. 
so he must be um, he must be bombing on and playing really well. So it's good to see young Enda. Well, not young anymore, but it's good to see Enda getting the uh, getting the move that he deserves. And we have Ryan Connolly and Kevin Horgan, both from the West. Mayo and Galway. Uh, questions from the East End coming up next. We're down at Kickstarter Fitness again, and we're back for questions for the East End. We're with Ryan Connolly. Ryan, number one, who has more international caps, Daniel De Rossi or Zinedine Zidane? De Rossi. De Rossi, yep, correct. 120 caps, 20 goals. Zidane has 108 caps, 31 goals. Name three Christian Bale movies. Batman 1, Batman 2. <laughs> yeah. And... Southpaw. Oh no, he's in there. Um... No, he's not Southpaw. I know the one you're on about. That's it, my first answer. No, he didn't. Never said that. <laughs> no, go on, go on. I'll give you one more chance. Fighter, yeah. Don't that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give you that one. Spell the word metatarsal. Oh. M-E-T-T. Is that wrong? Gone. Yeah, right, you're gone. <laughs> Who was the manager of the Shamrock Rovers B team? against them. He's from your neck of the woods. Sorry, Kev's neck of the woods, where is Where's Kev? Great player. Corrupt No. No. Uh, Colin Hawkins. How many bones are in the human foot, including the ankle? You know, you're normally the most tall, aren't you? Is that a personal question? Yeah. 26. As of 2016, which has which place in the world has a larger population, Mayo or Reykjavik, the capital of Iceland? It's from Galway. Surely Reykjavik. Mayo, just over 130,000. What is the name of Air United Stadium? You were on loan there, weren't you? Yeah, that's the one. Was it? Someone said Park. And uh, <laughs> what is the Irish word for beard? Face hog. What country does Pierre Aubameyang play international football for? Gabon. Gabon. And which non-league English club does Paul Scholes own a percentage of? And he also had a brief stint as caretaker manager. Salford City, is it? Yeah. Alright, so there we go. You got one, two... Yeah, they're all probably about Lukey, though. Three, four. Two. That one of them was about me. I think you'll be done again. Because we've changed it up. Did you ever the voice president? Right, so you got four. Right, Number one, four you been getting stick here while you weren't here. Yeah, that's what it is. a coin champ. I'll show that the only fella. What? Coin champ with the build out. Who's like one bit? Me. Alright, Kev. Question one. Which goalkeeper has saved most penalties in the Premier League? Ah, easy. Ever? Yeah. Since it started. She's still playing. You got to check it. No. Haremo Gomez. What? Real? Yeah. Name three Leonardo DiCaprio films. Uh, Titanic, Great Gatsby, and uh, Inception. Spell the word agricultural. Uh, 
You can write it. A U T R I C U L T U R A. Which club did Homer Henchinski sign from? Great to see. Swedish club. What's the Larsen manager? Yeah, that's it. Come on. Helsingborg, is it? That's it. Now, listen, listen up for this one, right? If a goalkeeper takes a goal kick and the ball leaves the penalty area and a gust of wind blows the ball back into the goal, what is the correct decision oh, for the referee? The area. No, no it's a corner kick. Oh. Yeah. Corner kick. Tricky one, isn't it? Name, <laughs> name the three Aran Islands. There's more. There's uh, no. Oh, I'll give you one more chance. And his man. His man is more. You're alive here. And squirrel. Inish more, inish man, inish ear. In the TV series, it's only for Sunny in Philadelphia. What is the name of the song Charlie writes and turns into a rock opera? Oh, Damon. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's close. It's close. It's close. I can sing it. <laughs> Go on, sing it. Singing, if you sing it, I'll give you a point. Bonus point. You give me the point if I sing it. If you sing the point, if you sing it, I'll give you the point. No, it's got a. Damon. Yeah, right. I'll give you the champion of the sun. That's it. Right, he's getting the point for that. Yes, yeah, I love it. Uh, what is the what is the Irish word for neck? No, Muniel. Yeah. Who said that? Who said that? Yeah, you're getting you're getting Irish questions now. I'd like to just know that. What year was Salt Hill Devon founded? Nineteen twenty-seven. No, nineteen seventy-seven. No, so close. And who has scored more goals in the Rovers' career, Stephen McPhail or Stephen Bradley? Stephen Bradley. Yeah, Stephen Bradley with four, McPhail with three. So we have one, two, three, four, five. You got five. So Luke, he's still in the lead with nine. Now that was Ryan and Kevin. Kevin nearly, I nearly had Kevin uh, belting out the full song for me there. It's a lovely singing voice. <laughs> um, so that's four points for Ryan and five for Kevin. Yeah, the lads, uh, the lads seem to enjoy this. Now, one thing I will say is that they have to stop shouting out the answers. Especially Simon Madden, he's a he's an awful man. For I, think, I think he hasn't been dead against us. Yeah, Simon I think so. He was he was he thinks he was there. Uh, he was hard done boy with his questions, which he probably was. So well, he, people don't know what we're talking about here. But what happened was, I did questions from these time with Simon Madden. He was actually the first person to take mm. it. It wasn't Tomer and Trevor. That was the first one we aired. But I did it with Simon Madden. But it was the first one, so it's kind of evolved since then. We've kind of we've tailored the questions to the players. We've asked them about them. Whereas that one was kind of, we didn't really do that. Random general trivia, wasn't it? So, so I think you might have heard Gary saying to him at the end there that we're going to give Simon another go. He almost named all four of the Beatles, by the way, when I asked him. Yeah, got, got three of them. He's the closest of our, everyone gets about one or they just give up. And no, nobody's got any yet, which is a sign of the times really, isn't it? Uh, only Gary Shaw seems to know his Irish so far. Oh no no uh, uh, Webster was shouting out A couple of Guelga answers So I think ah. we're, we're going to be Gunning for him now And uh, very next up now We have The stats The best stats In the League of Ireland I think 
untouched. <laughs> uh, Rovers ended a run of 11 league games without a win over Dundalk. Their worst league run against any club was 14 games with Derry from 89 to 1994. So they didn't win against Derry from 89 to 1994. That would have been the league we won the year we won the league. 94 beat them in. Yeah, would have beat them in that yeah. way. Now, since the start of 2014, Rovers only win over last year's top two teams have been a 3 0 victory over Cork in August 2015, and that was probably one of our better performances as well in Tala. Yeah, that was Duff's debut. Duff was debut, I think he touched the ball once. Damien dead shot Duff, as we like to call him now. <laughs> He's still hurting over that. He's still hurting. Uh, Darren Meenan was the fourth Rovers player to be sent off this season. Bowes and Limerick are the only teams without a red card. Bowes no red card, surprised at that. Mm-hmm. Bloody animals. After avoiding defeat in successive league games for the first time this season, the Hoops are looking for back-to-back league wins for the first time since August. And Bowes have lost five out of the last six league games and they've scored just two goals and that was against Finn Harp. So they're struggling for goals and struggling for form. But like we said, means nothing in a derby. No. Throw it out the window. Rovers haven't beaten in four of their five away league games so far, winning in Galway. With goals courtesy of Gary Shaw. Um... You got a brace that day. The Hoops have lost three consecutive away league games for the first time since October 2010. Yeah, that was a dodgy run in, do you remember? 5-1 at Dundalk. 5-1, do you know what? That that was one of my worst, that's still one of the worst performances I've ever seen. We're all sitting there in the rain, in the terrace, with an umbrella, just depressed. It was it was terrible, it really was. Yeah, Matthew so Tipton got a hat-trick that day yeah they signed they'd rather have a Tipton than a fan rather have a Tipton than a fan yeah Neil Fan's comeback as well against Dundalk wasn't it after he had uh, fingers I'm doing the fingers retired <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was Dundalk UCD and Bowles those three consecutive away defeats so it was the first time since then yeah they've lost three in a row on the road and they haven't lost four in succession since a run of five in September 2004 uh, Bowles have conceded the most home goals this season so they are leaking goals at the back there to be taken and Rovers last away clean sheet was in Galway in September last few results have been good against Bowes we have won four of our last five meetings a Leinster Cup penalty shootout before that I remember that game that was that was a few years ago as well wasn't it Sean Dixon no no this is 2015 2015 where we got to the final and then lost it oh Dock. yeah yeah nice bit of symmetry there with our league record against Bowes we have 100 league wins remember that stat from earlier in the yeah. season and exactly half of them have been at Denny Mount. 50 wins at Daily Mount yeah so our 50th win at Daily Mount was the the 4 nil. the 4 nil. Rovers haven't recorded three competitive wins in a row over balls without the involvement of a penalty shootout since a run of four from 89 to 90 I'm loving these uh, I'm loving these stats really a lot of people this will bring a lot of people back all the older the older lads they'll uh, they'll be able to remember these results Rovers 4-0 win at Dalymount Park in April 2016 was the best derby league win in 52 years. And it was Rovers' biggest league win of last season and Bowes' heaviest defeat. So those, there's a few stats for you knocking your socks off there. Yeah, great memories Triple from that Triple whammy one. there, yeah. Great memories from that one. Great goals. Remember Batten swinging at us? Yeah, indiscriminately. Do you want to tell the story of you calling into FM 104, brother? Were you... No, that was me. That was the name called Brendan. I don't know who that was. <laughs> I thought it was Dermot. Dermot, sorry, yeah, Dermot. Yeah, he was very opinionated that day, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, only Rovers and Galway haven't won by a two-goal margin this season. So uh, I think we're due. We're due a nice win. A couple of goals. 
Mikey O'Connor is back from suspension for this game. His only Rovers goal was against Bowles earlier this season. And uh, O'Connor's first senior goals were a brace for Dundalk at Daily Mount in last year's Leinster Senior Cup. Now we have Brandon Miele can become the first Rovers player to score four goals against Bowles in one season since Mick Leach netted seven in 68-69. to 69. Now a couple of the elder lads, if they can remember that, get on to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear about those uh, stories. Mick Leach, seven goals in one season against Bowles in 68-69. and 69. So Brando can uh, can at least get near that. No one player has a higher proportion of his club's league goals this season than Dinny, the corner forward Corcoran. <laughs> That's if he's available. I, I don't even know if he he'll be there. He's probably uh, playing GAA, his his number one love. Balls have a bit of a crisis in the striking department, uh, which Fad Sule compared to the Holocaust. Yeah, well, I mean, come on, he did. That was in the ninety eight FM podcast. Seriously. They're going to compare any any sort of footballing situation to Holocaust. Because if there's one thing everyone loves, it's comparing something to the Holocaust. So Dinny, the corner forward, Corcoran, has only scored one league goal against Rovers in his career in Sligo's 5-1 defeat at Talat in June 2015. Um, I reckon this is because he's always in a jock from playing that that GAA game. You, it's, you nearly need a black belt to play hurling nowadays, you know that? Just going to keep dropping in these GAA references. You on. have to. Never forget. Never forgive. Never forget. Uh, Simon Madden is set to play his 111 consecutive... Uh, now, this is... I'm, I'm loving this stat. Carl told me about this during the week. He is set to play his 111 consecutive game for Rovers, breaking the club record set by the one and only Derek Tracy from 95 to 99. So, 111... He is beating this record if he plays on Friday, which he no doubt, no doubt he will. Yeah, just league games now. But still, that's uh, that's some record. Yeah, Derry Trace, he was 110. Um, uh, Wacker O'Toole, I like that. That stack, considering the, the ink he has on his leg of Derek. I actually saw Wacker at the roundabout today, gave him an old shout. I said, what oh, hopes? He was lo- he, he turned around and gave us the fist, the fist pump. Um, now we're going to move on to starting 11s and predictions. Now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it's the same team as Dundalk. Same formation, same team. We couldn't possibly change it, but I'll put Brando in for meaning because of his suspension. Um, I think we're both going to have the same team here, really. Aren't we? Mad to change it, wouldn't we? I don't think anyone's even going to post their teams on the farm or anything because we all want the same 11. No, I mean, obviously some people will change, chop and change, but we couldn't. Not not for this game. It's uh, It's been a, a really good performance and it'd be very, very harsh on the players to drop anyone. So... Mina now and Brando win purely because of suspension and Lukey and Pico, former Bowles lads. I wonder how he'll cope with the Jody. I think he'll cope very well. Lukey's a he's a smart guy. He can deal with this type of pressure and I think he's gonna own that Jody on the weekend. So Luke will probably be thankful for Pico because Pico's probably gonna take the brunt of this abuse. Yeah, true, true. But no one's saying that they hate they they're not a fan of Luke either. I mean our one half of our set our back four are gonna be former Bowles players and former Bowes Golden Boys let's be honest Lukey was their star Pico was their longest serving player and their captain so we just cherry pick the best players don't we we'll have a look at Bowes see who else is good we'll just take them over to the to the home of football who wants to be playing in that uh, barren wasteland uh, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win I'm going to go with a, an, an early goal we, we seem to have an early goal in us I'm going to go an early goal and then a nice 87 to 98 minute goal <laughs> I'll say one nil. So, uh, I think yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do well. We're gonna take the three points home back to the back to the home of Tala. 
at home of football in Tala. So it's our 12th show and we have reached a dozen. If you want to check out our second show, the March 2nd episode, if you haven't already, we've loads of Bose stories and it was a Bose special. So you can check that out as well, get you in the mood. Yeah, people send in some great ones. We we read them out on air, so... Yeah, that was really good. And our uh, our vocal support hasn't been great in Daily Mountain in recent years. It's kind of hard to generate an atmosphere in there, so hopefully our fantastic support will uh, that'll change. It's 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 very hard to get an atmosphere going in that place, isn't it? I know what you mean, yeah. It's kind of dead. It's always dead. It's, it's not for it's not um, for a lack of creativity or, or fans being there. It's just something about the place. It's, it's desolate. So supposedly the last derby at Daily Mount, but from the rumblings that we're hearing, is uh, that it's definitely not going to be their last season at Daily Mount. They're they're going to be playing there next season. Apparently, shells are having second thoughts, and there's not even planning permission going ahead yet. So there's apparently there's nothing going ahead. So it's more than likely you're going to see us see balls at Daily Mount next season. Mm, we could draw them in the FAI Cup too. Yeah, so that that could be that. So, uh, but yeah, really looking forward to this one. I'm sure we'll set out the Des Kelly stand as usual. Yeah, we always do. A couple of tickets left at the moment, but they'll they'll shoot out. It's just kind of hard to get them. You know, I mean, you don't want to kind of rely on the post. You're gonna to have to go and collect them. Some people are a bit away from Tallis, so I mean, our fans show up in force every time. We know that, so we're looking for a big win, keep the momentum going, and beat these shower of animals out here. I mean, they're they're just below us. We know that they're a nothing club anymore. They're just part time. We're gonna really gonna stick the boot in here, aren't we? I hope so yeah no we really should I mean we'd uh, condemn them to relegation imagine we relegated this an- this show of animals it'd be brilliant but we know there's a there's a rivalry here and uh, most of the things we say are in jest so don't take it to heart too much but uh, everybody make sure you get your tickets get out to Fisborough get out to get out to the hole have a few points beforehand and enjoy the night and hopefully we'll come away with the three points so keep on hooping and we'll catch you in Pigsborough see ya see ya